When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello, here we go, it's the Copyright Podcast. What is happening everyone, welcome back to the Copyright Podcast. It is Mick and Christian once again, but we're joined by the Liverpool Echoes, Paul Gorse today, just to have a chat about the Reds winning a game of footy again. It's nice, it's nice. How are you doing, Paul? Yeah, all good. Um, after suffering through that goalless draw on Saturday night, I was made up to have uh, some goals to watch and, and um, write about. So, um, yeah, we were talking about me on Saturday about, about that Palace game and yeah. I don't think either of us were particularly looking forward to it. And then so... Uh, so it came to pass. So yeah, good to um, get three big points on the board actually before Sunday. So um, yeah, twelve points. Was it ten points and twelve now for Liverpool? So I think maybe just starting to pick up a little bit of momentum at the right time. I think. Yeah, ten from twelve, three wins and a draw, four clean sheets in a row. When you actually say it out loud, it sounds it sounds mad because if you count all that went before with Liverpool, if you would have said like we would have got this chunk of results. Like two months ago, I think we were all a laughed in, laughed in your face. But it was, it was, it was nice that, especially that we mentioned, like the, the Palace game wasn't anywhere near good enough. And I think just from like the, the start in eleven, because um, Canate came back in, Nunes came back in. Thankfully, we had Bacetic coming back in. Jota started through the middle, so there was quite a, and Simicast came in for Rabo as well. So there was quite a few changes, but. I was how how was your feeling when you saw the eleven? Because I, I I mean I think generally I think there's people on Twitter that I'll just criticise anything, but I think generally as a as an eleven, I was I was quite happy with that. Was you? Yeah, I mean it was six changes in total, wasn't it? I think it was important getting Canate back um, his first appearance since the defeat to Brighton in the FA Cup, which was over a month. I think if he stays fit, just having him and Van Dijk at, at centre half now for the rest of the season is going to be absolutely crucial. Uh, and the same up top with Nunes, really. Obviously, I thought Liverpool massively missed him on, on Saturday with his pace and his ability to stretch teams. And he's he's, he's quite quickly now become a, a really important player for Liverpool. And, and so he should, given the, the cost that he's coming for and whatever else. But I think Liverpool were buying potential, weren't they, last summer when they brought him in from Benfica. But I think now, you know, for all the kind of... You know, we've busted the jokes for a while, which is very unfair on them, I think. And, but now I think people... Outside of the Liverpool bubble, starting to see that you know he's actually a player, and I think having him back in the team is important. Uh, Just as first Anfield staff for four and a half months, um, he, he, I thought he had a really good game. To be fair to him, um, so yeah, t- things are starting to click into place. I think for Liverpool, it's uh, I mean the, the big question marks are always going to be over the midfield, aren't they? And that was a completely new midfield three, wasn't it? Yesterday with Pochettino coming in alongside Elliot and Fabinho, but thought. It, they kind of grew into the game as a, as a midfield. I didn't think any of them played particularly poorly, but in the first half, you were thinking, you know, can they take it by the scruff of the neck a little bit more? But I thought Fabinho had his best game for ages, to be fair. Uh, and particularly second half, Liverpool started to slowly but surely turn the screw and got the rewards in the end. So, yeah, I think it's massive having Nunes back and, and uh, probably just as important having 
can I say back at the you know in the back four? Yeah, because I think me and Christian have been speaking about like like the back four, and obviously when you don't have Kanata, you don't really realize how big a presence he is in that back four until until he's not there. And I think it improves it improves trends because he doesn't have to think shit. Like I can't go too far forward because it's either Gomez or Matip, and both haven't been both have been good and bad in similar <laughs> similar quantities this season. Kanata is the only one who's kind of come in and. It's a few shaky passes here and there, but it's his first game back, and he just give, gives confidence to Trent. And I think, like you said, Paul Fabinho had his, his best game, and I think he's been trying to, to do the things that he was doing last night on a more regular basis, but just not been able to, for some reason, do it. He was actually putting tackles in and stuff, and 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 trying to make stuff happen. I think he he does a he makes a great tackle on the edge of the box, and then the pass in, and he, he fucks the pass a little bit, which we could have which we could have scored off. That would have been nice, but it was nice to see. It was nice to see Trent back as well, weren't it, Christian? Like to looking like he was putting tackles in. He was actually following through on some of the when he was getting his foot stuck in and stuff. And it's that's nice to see, isn't it? Yeah, and I thought he played really well. He was uh, not very good uh, last time when we saw him play. We gave him a lot of criticism when we talked about it, Mick. But uh, last night when he had Kanata next to him, I thought he felt more safe and secure and he can could focus on his uh, creativity and focus on the offensive play as well. And I thought he defended well as well. So it just felt like the whole um, yeah, defensive line was more secure, which we like when we see Kanata and Van Dijk play together. So I think, you know, if Kanata can stay fit, that's... Uh, that's that's obviously the um, defensive line to go with going forward. But I was going to ask you, Paul, actually, uh, what was your take on Elliot starting together with Bicetic and Fabinho? Obviously, Fabinho being the experienced one, but not, has not have a, had a good season for us at all. But then you have a 19-year-old and an 18-year-old actually, you know, play in the central midfield for Liverpool. It, it says a lot about the talent, though I know some people give you know stick to especially Elliot as well, even though he's really young and still learning his training stuff. But to actually have two gems in the midfield to you know that actually shows they can play good football it must be something to really look forward to and something that's really positive for Liverpool yeah I feel it's I feel it's it's been a little bit unlucky because when he when he was starting games at the start of last season everything was was as it should be shouldn't you know everyone was was in form and, and playing at the top of the game and just kind of dropping him in as someone who can get a little bit of experience in there starting a few games and slowly but surely, kind of build up his his profile and, and his his form and his just just him as, as a player. I guess you know, being so young, he's still waiting to see kind of what type of player he's going to be. I thought that was that was like the ideal way of kind of integrating him into into the team. And then he got that bad injury, and then didn't really play too much after that, did he? Because Liverpool were going for absolutely everything, and every game was so important. I think I think he started the game at Inter Milan in the Champions League, but didn't really play too too often after that um, and then it was kind of okay we'll, we'll do that again you know we'll start dropping Elliot into midfield into the team at the start of this season when as a collective Liverpool have just gone completely like that so I feel it's, it's been a little bit unfair really of, of them coming in and expecting them to to perform when everyone else hasn't or isn't um, so he's been he's been unlucky on, on that score really um, so I'm still not too sure whether he's someone who can play central midfield for the next 10 years at Liverpool, to be honest. I think maybe Liverpool need a little bit more seniority and a little bit more experience this summer, some some real top-quality players. And then we can go again with them. You know, we still don't think he's, he's 20, not 20 until April, so you can 
put them back on the team when everyone's fit and firing and, and everything is as it should be, as you know, as what we recognise a Liverpool team under Jurgen Klopp to be. And then seeing how he gets on, how he develops, how he improves, how he eventually becomes that player that I think everyone thinks he can be. Um, so, you know, last night was, was a good performance from him. I thought as a, as a midfield trio, they kind of worked their way into the game as it went on. Um, but yeah, it's still it's still early days for him and, and we don't need to make any judgments on him either way at the moment. Um, but when he... When he plays like he can play, you know, he's got a lovely touch, hasn't he? You know, great awareness, a lovely kind of little turn on the half 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 turn when he drops the shoulder and he, he gets away from the man. I don't think he's got blister and pace, but certainly a very technical player. Um, he's going to be someone who, who's going to be a, a top player for Liverpool for years to come. But for now, I think maybe, I think midfield-wise, perhaps needs to just go a little bit back to basics. Um with maybe the players he brings in in the summer and then going from there. But um, I thought last night he did well second half uh, and Stefan Pachetta just is becoming someone who now is just becoming a, a member of the Liverpool squad, isn't he? I suppose that's the biggest compliment you can pay for him. I think he's only paid, played 15 or 16 games as a senior footballer and, and there he is now, you know, batting an eyelid when he starts against Liverpool in the Premier League. So, yeah, certainly two players to be excited about for the next five, ten years. Yeah, I think with I think with Elliot, like he was like you said, Paul, he was dropped into the team initially when we were smashing teams. So when mm-hmm. you don't really feel that you don't feel it's a deficit when he's when when he was playing in those teams because he was adding a bit of creativity on that right hand yeah. side. There was a nice link up with Salad and and Trent when he was kind of filling in for Hendo. I think he got put in. He started a few games when he first got put in, and we were all like, "Oh my god, what's going on? Why is he why is he throwing Elliot in here against I think it was against Burnley and a couple of other games?" And you're like, "Oh my god," but. I think it's like I said, not twenty till next month. Uh, I don't know where his best position is going to be because I think he's played right wing a few times and stuff. And people went, "Oh, that's his new position." Like keep playing him there, but then that's Salah's position. <laughs> you need to then move Salah in central. So there's loads of stuff that needs to be sorted out. But I'm sure Harvey Elliott will have a a big um, yeah a big part to play in and all that. And like you said, Bacetic as well has been absolutely amazing. But it was that it was the first half where you mentioned we mentioned an earlier. He gets like it wasn't like the greatest half by any means, but he gets a a very good chance. Nunes cuts it back to him, edge pretty much the edge of the box, and with his head, not not a <laughs> not the best, but um, he should he should have scored. Then he has another one just before it's just before half time when it comes out to him off off Nunes as well, I think, and yeah. guffs it a little bit. But I think it says a lot that the first first major two chances were were Elliot, and he was picking up the right spaces and on the. On the and, and being in the right position to try and make something of them, I think that's a big, a big compliment you can pay him. He's, he's he's getting in those positions, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. I think I think he's probably that's probably what he does better than maybe anyone else in that midfield. You know, kind of ghosting into the into the area. Um, I don't think anyone else does that in Liverpool's midfield, do they? To be honest, so that's certainly a, you know string to his bow. He was unlucky with the second one. I thought it was a good save from from Jose Sarr. Should have scored the first one, but you know headers are not something you associate with Harvey Elliott. Um, there was another one in the second half when he controls it off Nunez's cross and then he hits it the right foot and it was a bit tame. But again, you know, he's in the box, he's looking to get a shot off. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, we obviously scored against Brighton in the Cup, didn't he? he? scored against Wolves, albeit that was a bit of a wonder goal, not something you're going you're to score every week. But certainly he's someone in that that plethora of options in midfield who's prepared to get in the box, maybe more so than, than anyone else. So. Maybe that's something that, that they're kind of working on with him when he plays in midfield. You know, the an attacking midfield role that Liverpool generally haven't had since the days of Coutinho. But um, 
I say, you know, you, you say Dermot, he's not 20 till next month, so plenty of time to, to work on him and shape him as a footballer. And um, I think from a kind of technical base point, he, he's someone who can um, do an awful lot in a football team. What was your take on um, the Fabinho yellow card? Obviously, he, you know, uh, <laughs> he, he played he played his role and he's doing better. But obviously, that happened. It was a challenge from Lamina, wasn't it? And mm-hmm. then he picked up his uh, yellow card. And I, I've seen on Twitter and I've been tweeting as well. You know, loads of people say you know that was the right decision. But in my opinion, I think Lamina kind of gets in causes the situation uh, situation if you like because he gets a little bit of a. Uh, misjudged on the ball and then he'll lose it and have to throw himself into the situation and get his uh, legs stretched and I wouldn't say it studs up but it's still not a flat foot if you know what I mean so do you do you agree with that decision that it's a yellow card for Fabinho would it be more suitable if it was a yellow card for both or should it have been actually a red card for Lamina? Yeah it was, a, it was an interesting one wasn't it when the, when the incident happened you know he obviously overruns it and then throws the tackle in and, and Fabinho goes over him I was, I was looking on you know, whatever it was, the notes that I had up on my screen, I'm thinking, is Lamina being booked? Because I'm pretty sure he's going to be sent off here if he has. And then Fabinho gets the booking instead. Um, it was a bizarre one. So um, that was probably one that the referee got wrong. I didn't actually think that the, the disallowed goal was... I thought that was quite harsh as well for Liverpool. I was I was actually... When I seen the VAR kind of logos come up on the, on the replay screens in, in the Anfield press box, I was thinking, are they checking this for a pen? You know, can't Liverpool just have the goal instead? And then... Liverpool get that decision that goes against them as well. But full credit to them for for um for not feeling sorry for themselves when that happened, you know, after you know, sixty odd minutes of toiling to little avail and they finally make the you know, break the deadlock and then you're thinking, well, if it goes against us, that's just our luck at the moment and you could have licked the wounds and heads might have dropped. So uh, full credit to them for, for not and keep going and getting um, an important win. Yeah, because I, I think at that moment I was myself. I was like half celebrating, but I was like, "Hard oh, if the if they pull this back, you see the actual thing. What happens? It looks like Samedo pu- uh, pu- pushes Jota a little bit, and then Jota yeah. tries to whip the ball, catches as a Kilman. It's just a bit of a mess. Like it could have been, it could have went either way. But I think, like you said, Paul, it could have. Usually this season, when stuff like that goes against us, we tend to drop our heads and go, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" Like when it's not gonna, it's gonna be one of them days again. It's gonna be a nil niler. Um, just try. I think Klopp mentioned after the game, like, it, like it, just expecting like them to get like a 90th minute winner if 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 we don't get the the goals that come after. But it only takes seven seven more minutes till we get we get a goal on the from a set piece and Van Dijk gets his first goal since um since the win over Villa on Boxing Day. That was like a for me that was just like a big sigh of relief because it was like we've like you said we had a, quite a few chances in the game second half we were loads better, but after the disallowed goal to then get a, a, the first goal. At a, at a good time as well, where there's enough time to get another um, and and to keep them out, it was it was a nice nice relief when it when that went in. Yeah, it was it was, um, and it was, it was something that they deserved. Really, they didn't create loads of massive chances, but they certainly edged it in terms of dominating the, the territories, particularly second half. It felt like they had Wolves penned in pretty much for most of that second half, so it was nothing less than than they deserved, but. It's a weird one watching Liverpool at the moment because first 15 minutes I'm watching and thinking uh, you're starting from such a low bar at the moment where there's no uh, you know horror shows at the back you know no one's giving it away 10 yards from goal you know there's no silly errors and you're thinking okay well it's something to build from and it's just such a kind of 
low low points of what you what you're expecting these days and what you're hopeful of because of the amount of times that we've seen Liverpool shoot themselves in the foot. Uh, in fairness, they, they got away with a few, didn't they? Palace on, on Saturday, uh, particularly Matip and, and Alexander Arnold, and then we obviously see what happened at Real Madrid when Vinicius tackles Allison and, and that drops in. Um, so it's 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 a thing of confidence, I guess, at the moment. Since it for Liverpool, you know, just starting games without conceding an early goal because they've done that far too often this season. That I, I had a few stats a couple of weeks ago of how bad it was and. Um, I can't remember them now, but it was, it, you know, it wasn't great at all. So if they can rid themselves of that, build confidence, and then slowly try to kind of remember who they are, then you know the only way they'll, they'll go is up the table, I'm sure. So um, it's been a good few weeks, really. You know, if we discount the Real Madrid game, if you look at it Premier League wise, it's been a, been a good few weeks. You know, winning against Everton, you know, it seems. Mad to say it now, but at the time you were looking at that thing and Everton have just beaten Arsenal and Liverpool have been hammered at Wolves. You know, do Everton even enter this one as favourites? And then they were beaten out of sight and then they're going to Newcastle, they've only lost once all season. They're put to the sword. Okay, the Palace game was uneventful, um, but they've still come away from home with a point and then go and get three more last night. So um, it's not brilliant by any stretch, but certainly there's enough to be positive about at the moment to think that he can make a real fist of this top four chase. Yeah, I was thinking about the confidence thing that you mentioned, Paul. And, you know, we, we talk about the confidence that supporters can feel like we like we mentioned Konata's being back in the starting eleven as well. And he gives confidence to, obviously, Trent in this case, you know, to the right and to the others, other players as well, because everyone knows what he he's capable of doing as a defensive player. The same thing with Jota, obviously, coming back. And we have Gakpo now coming in and making an impact as well. I think, you know, just to have players back that's been out injured, like Jota and Konata as well, uh, brings... Not only you know confidence to the way we support as feel we watch a game from the stands or on TV, but it actually gives something to the other players as well because they know like we've got players that can actually make a difference here. And uh, as much as they are professionals, you still know that you know they still feel that same feeling as we do. Like we, they know that okay, we can bring on this player and he can actually score. We can uh, swap around this player to another position that can you know change the game. And that's something that we've been. You know, that we've been missing for a long time with Jota and Diaz out, Kanate out, and even Van Dijk out. So now when they're actually coming back, I just sense that Liverpool, like you said, they are building in a self-confidence and also they know they've got the quality to build on that as well. So it looks bright in that sense. Yeah, I think I think if you look at it this season, I don't think, you know, what you might have constituted Liverpool's best eleven in August, um, I don't think they've, they've probably never been able to feel that at all due to the injuries. Obviously, Kanate got injured in that was a Strasbourg friendly, and then uh, Thiago gets injured against Fulham, and you know pretty much everyone's been out, haven't they? At one point, Jota had his hamstring injury; was only back for six weeks before he got his calf injury. Um, Luis Diaz hasn't played since October, um, so pretty much everywhere you look across the squad, someone has had an extended period out. I think the only player I can think of who hasn't off the top of my head is probably uh, Salah um, and, and Allison. So. Um, once you start to get players back, then everything looks a little bit better. Doesn't it? I think we've seen that in, in the derby a couple of weeks ago when Van Dijk, Jotter and Firmino were on the bench and all of a sudden it's like, wow, you know, look at Liverpool's strength and depth there. And then Van Dijk comes back into the team. You know, what is it now? Four clean sheets in a row. Um, Jotter starting games again. He's going to be massive um, in the running. So, as I say, there's, there's plenty to be positive about at the moment. Generally, 
um, or rather, you know, positive in in the confines of what Liverpool have done this season. I think I think we'll all accept that it's been a, a lamentable season and a bit of a regrettable one when it all ends. But at the moment, given what's gone before, I think that there's enough things to be positive about. Yeah, and we mentioned like players coming back, and it's it's amazing. It was it was the old boy Salah who got the uh, the second one, and I, I'm sure everyone's seen the stats like twenty goals in all competitions in in his every of his seasons at Liverpool, which is six. And the first he's the first player to do that in Liverpool's history since Ian Rush. In itself, like he just constantly loves. And, and Klopp's made no bones about this, and and Salah hasn't really. When he talks about it, he he wants to break as many records as he can, uh, and now he's only one off Robbie Fowler's Premier League um, record as well. He's sandwiched in between Fowler and Gerrard, like that in itself is just like he's an he's an absolute machine. And he Paul, like I can't, I mean, what just when you think like especially this season when you look at his at his numbers and stuff. I think Rashford's played something like in all comps. I think Rashford's played three more games and got three more goal contributions, and he's like the best that's ever put put on a yeah. pair of footy boots. And Salah's like the Salah's like having a bad season, but I think it's just the levels of what what he's produced before. But he's he's just he's indispensable, and I think he always has been. But I think now, especially when we're going through this patch of form, we need him even more to to, to pop up with those goals, don't we? Yeah, it's a lovely little comparison that you made there with, with Rashford because you know, people are talking about Rashford now at the moment as kind of the form player of Europe, aren't they? And um, to hear that Salah isn't too far behind those numbers in the season where he's apparently struggled just shows you and tells you everything that you need to know, I guess, about Mohamed Salah. Um, and also you mentioned there in between Fowler and Gerrard and, you know, Salah is going to finish his career as Liverpool's all-time Premier League top scorer, isn't he? That's the... Um, the calibre of player that we've been watching since 2017. He's just just unbelievable. Um, we don't have to things to, to say about him, to be honest. And um, I think I think we'll only really truly um, talk about how good Mohamed Salah is and was when you know his, his career is finished. You know the way people talk about John Barnes now and you know Stephen Gerrard and whoever else. You know when Mo Salah's career is over with and years to come, and we're looking back, you think. What a player he was! One of the greatest, certainly one of the greatest we've ever seen. You know, for people who are our age around our, our age range. Um, and the good news is he's still got a few years left to continue doing the business. Yeah, and I, I think there's something really important in what you mentioned as well, Paul. Is that you know even if he has all those stats and scoring loads of goals, like Mick mentioned, like twenty go- twenty goals plus for in every season since he actually came to Liverpool, which is six seasons. But it's actually his availability. He's never injured. He's always there to play. Sometimes we might say, yeah, he dropped in form, and we should you know let him rest and you know have a have a game from the bench and maybe come in and make an impact. But to always have a player like that to be able to you know play every game, uh, season in and season out. Even if it ha- doesn't have his best season this season, it still gives you something that you can't really put a prize on because I have a player who can always play at, uh, at that level and being that, you know, a great player that is in world class. That is something that you also, you know, you can't put a prize on it. You just have to, uh, you know, take it and be happy about it, I guess, because there's there's loads of players out there to, you know, get injured and we got the injury prone players as well. But to have that kind of uh, world class player to, always trust and know that he's going to play and he will score goals and he will score loads of goals is massive for a club as well. Yeah, I think that's spot on because look, let's face it, a little bit of a horrendous luck with, with injuries 
certainly this season and, and you know a couple of years ago and it was just seemed to be you know every player was out but Salah is, is the one who Liverpool um stay lucky with I guess I mean it, it's more than lucky obviously he will look after himself the right way and you know the the medical team and the, the rehab team make sure that he's fighting fit for, for every game but um you know, with all the bad luck that they've had for pretty much every player this season, you can always rely on Salah to be on that right right wing of of Jurgen Klopp wants to pick him. And even when he's not at his absolute best, you still know he takes to the pitch, thinking you know he's a major goal threat, and the other team will be absolutely terrified of him. And this uh, left back is in for a game and a half. So um, yeah, it's, it, it, I mean, just having him in the team on Sunday is going to be massive, isn't it? Um, he's got a really good record against United, I think, hasn't he? So. Um, Maybe he overtakes Robbie Fowler on Sunday. Who knows? Oh, that's the that's the dream. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, that's brilliant. Yeah, and and especially like after like I mean all the games are important now, but after the win last night Sunday, just get amped up a little bit more in terms of like importance, doesn't it? Because if you look at look at the table, we're six points behind fourth. But Spurs travel to Wolves uh, on Saturday, and Newcastle travel to City. So we'll get to see what happens with them before we get to United. So we'll be at least we'll know if we win, we go. We'll be this X points behind or whatever. But it's another big one. I mean, I don't think Klopp's record against United is is too good, really. And but we've got players like you said with Salah who can who can pop up with a goal. But they're gonna they're gonna just tailor it as Salah versus Rashford as as they always try to do, like player against player. But um, what are what are your thoughts going into into that one? I mean, we we didn't have a it wasn't the best when we went to their place earlier in the season. It seems like a long time ago, but at Anfield with a win behind, does the atmosphere be amped up even more like it was for Everton? It's going to be a it's going to be a massive one, isn't it? It is, yeah. I mean, they're absolutely flying, aren't they? To be fair to them, I didn't think Eric Ten Hag had it in them to kind of turn it around this quickly. Um, but I was I was looking at the league table last night actually, and might just be me being a bit of an internal optimist, but I was, I was thinking, well, if Liverpool win that one on Sunday, they only go to go to seven of United. There's 13 games left after that or whatever. Um, but maybe I was getting a little bit of a head, head of myself. Um, but Anfield will be absolutely bouncing Sunday, won't it? Um, huge game. They want the game last season against United was a weird one because it was they were just embarrassingly bad and Liverpool hammered them onto sight and it was almost... You know, remember when this used to be the rivalry? Liverpool beat them 9 0 on aggregate last season in the two games. Um, obviously, the game in was it August, was when United's away, but I think this one is huge. Um, probably bigger for Liverpool because it, I think for all the quadruple talk that seems to be developing around United, I don't think any of them truly believe that they can win the league. Um, so it's possibly bigger for Liverpool, particularly if you know. The results of, as you say, there Newcastle and, and Tottenham beforehand. I didn't actually know that City were playing Newcastle, so that could work in Liverpool's favour. Um, so it's a yeah, it's a massive weekend, isn't it? Really, you know, given that they can close the gap further on Newcastle, and then we'll see what Tottenham shows up at, at Wolves. Hopefully, it, it's the Wolves that showed up against Liverpool the other week, and not the uh, the one that was beaten quite comfortably last night. Yeah, fingers crossed. I can't, yeah, I can't. I think we all can't wait now for that because I was going into the Wolves game. Like me and Christian were speaking, I was like, he was like, "How are you feeling?" I was like, oh, "I don't know. Like, I don't know how to don't know how to feel." Because after you've you've beat Everton, you've beat Newcastle, then you draw to Palace. It, it, like Klopp said, it felt like a bit of it felt like a defeat in a way because you you, you mm-hmm. expect Liverpool to amp it up again and 
but then you look at the away form, the away form is absolutely horrific. But but we're back at Anfield. We won last night. We're back there again Sunday. So there's there's there's, there's positive things to um, to look for. So I'm sure we all can't wait for that one. Looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, I think we can uh, leave it there. Nice one, nice one, Paul for taking the time to jump on. I mentioned a few stats there there from Mike Reed, by the way, and Opta, which um, I don't want to just. St- Robbers stats and not and not um <laughs> and not give him a little quote there, but uh, doing a show with him tomorrow, the stats show. So I'll, there'll be more Man United ones in in that one as well. Uh, but yeah, nice one everyone uh, for listening. Nice one, Christian. Nice one, Paul for jumping on. And yeah, we'll see you all next time. Podcast Network.